Barry didn't sleep in. He ain't miss work. You know, he just handling some other duties. So I'll sit in his chair today. I was going to wear like a Matthew Barry shirt or a Matthew Barry costume. Because they did. Yeah, it, but they definitely got those Matthew Berry costumes at Party City. So I was thinking about it. Can't but imagine I, anything more terrifying for Halloween. Yes. <laughs> Matthew yeah. Berry. We, we got That's Halloween true. coming up. Yeah. So, yep. you know, I had to do it. Scare your kids. Fantasy Football Happy Hour with Matthew Berry, served by Applebee's. Welcome to the Fantasy Football Happy Hour. It is Love yeah. Hate Day, and there it goes. Matthew Berry right next yeah. to me here. Yeah, I he drink for free, free because I'm reclaiming my show. I am back. <laughs> Sorry, Lawrence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were the they odds tried. on a return? <laughs> yeah. What? What were the odds on a comeback? It was pretty short, but not, not off the board. <laughs> yes. You never know sometimes. Yes. You never sometimes know. you never come back from Boston. Yeah. yeah, it's a good point. Still better odds on uh, DeMar Hamlin <laughs> yeah, becoming exactly. a comeback player. I have a question for you. Yeah. What would a Matthew Berry costume look like for Halloween? I, I was like, what comes about- in the kit? I, I have to assume basically a, a, a bald cap. <laughs> I think it's, there you go. Oh. There, it's probably that. Man. Exactly. Old but still has value. Don't ask God easily. Adam Thielen or Matthew We'll do incredible things for free popcorn. Fluent <laughs> <laughs> in French <laughs> with an asterisk. That's, uh, uh, that's, that's amazing. That's also so has a Michelle Pfeiffer hall pass. Yes. Um, maybe. That comes with it. You get a little hall pass with uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's name on it. Keeping your wallet. Uh, yeah, I see mean, Stephen had a lot of time on the train in this morning. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, a little bit too much time for him. Um, so after the Braves are out of the yeah. playoffs, yeah, he's goes to Photoshop. His Jaguars on tonight against the Saints. We'll talk about that later in the show. But I would assume it's a it's a bald cap and a blazer, <laughs> along and maybe like a calculator and a fake mobile phone. He's so go. good at math. I'm oh so God. good at couple math. sheets. Of name well, that's why I need a calculator. Yeah, yeah. That's true. Every once in a while, I'll do it in my head. But there's probably a phone. Actually, probably two phones. Given that, yeah, yeah exactly. A lot of, like a photo of Logan Thomas as well. <laughs> fake, a fake diet soda and a koozie. Yeah, a fake yeah. diet soda and a, co- a koozie. Um, like basket of chicken fingers, yeah. free popcorn. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It's pretty good value um, for all that. <laughs> all that in one costume? <laughs> yeah, I'm just yeah. saying. What do you think about that? Probably some Taylor Swift bracelets. Yeah. When people say your name, the first thing that pops into my head is diet soda. That's what I most associate yeah. with you. Not football, diet soda. All, all right. right. This well, is not let's, diet soda. <laughs> let's jump into I drink free today, my friend. He does drink free. Show. Sorry, Lawrence. It's week seven's love hate. Ooh. Before we get there, though. Oh, you know where else I drink free? Oh, What's yeah, that? let's go to the Roto World headline. Because <laughs> well, I, so. I got No, no, I got a Roto World headline for you. This is very important. Come back on screen for a second, then we're going to go back to these injuries we're tracking, Stephen. Come back on screen. You can wait, Jimmy Girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll come so back to that. Bad. Hang on. Yeah. It's very important. Biggest headline, I think, of the day. We are going somewhere, not you, but no. we mm. are going to be live in Philadelphia. If you are in the Philadelphia area, in the, in the greater Philadelphia area, and you would like to see us in person, you can do so this Sunday, fantasy football pregame, live from an actual Applebee's. It's the one in Philadelphia on Roosevelt Boulevard. Uh, doors open at 1030. We will be there starting at, at 11 a.m. The show goes on at 11 all the way up into kickoff. Get your questions answered live. You see it right there on your screen. 9142 Roosevelt Boulevard in Philadelphia. Doors open at 1030. Fantasy football pregame. Me, Jay Croucher, Michael Smith, and yes, Lawrence Jackson will all be in attendance. Come from the rib- come for the riblets. Stay for the fantasy and betting advice. We'll get you set. 
for week number seven. Jay has promised to take photos with you and not have a disdained look on his face. What so is, anyway, what does someone get if they show up in the Matthew Berry Halloween costume? There's got to be some kind of prize, uh, even you, if it's just an appetizer. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they they eat for free. Yeah, they absolutely they they eat and drink for free if they show up in a Matthew Berry costume to the Applebee's uh, on Roosevelt Boulevard this Sunday. Anyway, so by the way, an admission is free. I mean, it's an Applebee's. You yes. come in, you, yeah. you order, and if you dress, if you're dressed as me, you know, um, <laughs> you get an uh, extra you for free. free. Yeah, yeah, yeah you're, you get uh, that yeah. would be so all the chicken fingers you want. And confusing. <laughs> <laughs> Someone came in dressed as Matthew Berry. Yeah, the co- cover charge would be even more yeah. confusing yeah. as well. Uh, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Twenty dollars to get to Applebee's. <laughs> 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 Matthew Berry is here for the fantasy football free. Well, 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 hang on, but what if they come dressed? What if they come dressed as uh, as Jay? You know what I mean? Like so, like whatever. Just you know, some WNBA jersey. But like, not like a good one. Like clearly, like off the rack. You know, like, like a it's discount. Lost. Yeah, exactly. Lost like clearly, like clearly, like this was like at the discount rack at some, uh, you know, some off-brand store. Um, there's that, and then I guess probably like holding like a boomerang and some Vegemite, maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, really, really <laughs> exactly. typically what I walk around <laughs> with <laughs> at all times. People say that Jay right. throwing boomerangs around the NBC office <laughs> with a with a you know like with like a parlay calculator around your neck, you know, like <laughs> but where yeah, but like it's calculator, but it's a, specifically it's a yeah. parlay odds yeah, calculator, right. and you wear it around your neck like Flavor Flav. Didn't know they made them. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they do. All right. all right, let's get the notable injuries we're tracking. All right, so now we can go to the full. Somehow we got here a couple of DMPs, Jimmy Garoppolo. Sean Watson are the quarterbacks that did not practice. Roshan Johnson and Devontae Smith also did not practice. One note on Devontae Smith, that's an estimate as the Eagles had a walkthrough. So keep an eye on that one throughout the week. Jameer Gibbs, Kyler Murray, Aaron Jones, and Tyler Lockett all limited. Deontay Johnson, he is working his way back. He practiced in full. That's a great sign for him. Baker Mayfield dealing with the hand injury. He practiced in full as well. But I think we start at the top there, Matthew, where... It's trending that Jimmy won't play this week. We don't know if it would be Brian Hoyer or Aiden O'Connell. And then Deshaun Watson, kind of concerning in a situation where he didn't sound too confident that yeah, the shoulder's going to get right. Although I'm just looking this up. I thought I saw something that he was – I thought something just as I was walking to the studio, I thought something popped up that said that he was going to practice today. So I want to um, I want to look at that. But the fact that it's it's still been this, this whole long time without Deshaun Watson certainly concerns you. And I think some of the reports that I've read is, is that, like, even if he's he's not going to be 100% until the offseason, we can get uh, that shoulder surgery. And so, you know, it's either him at less than 100% or P.J. Walker for this weekend's game at Indianapolis. None of it's ideal. Although I will say this. I think that for the extent that we care about it in fantasy football, obviously, if you have Deshaun Watson, there's a chance you're going to need to pivot to some, you know, whatever solution you had last week um, or something else. But... It's clear that Amari Cooper is sort of quarterback-proof. Like, he put up huge numbers against San Francisco with P.J. Walker. Like, you're starting Amari Cooper every week no matter what. We like Jerome Ford. And I do think that Kareem Hunt, um, if Deshaun Watson's limited or P.J. Walker's under center, you could see a little bit more uh, emphasis on the run game as we saw last week. So both Jerome Ford and Kareem Hunt in a week in which six teams are on a bye and there's a lot of running backs banged up, that Jerome Ford's an RB2 and Kareem Hunt is a – Hope for some receptions flex uh, this week as well. The the other ones, a couple other interesting ones on that uh, list real quickly for me. Um, Dalton Kincaid cleared the concussion protocol. Worth uh, noting about that, seeing if he was dropped in your league. I've seen him dropped actually in a couple of leagues. Um, worth, uh, worth grabbing as well. We expect Deontay Johnson back for the Steelers out of the bye, which is great. And Kyler Murray. Returning to the field for practice, I don't. He's, I don't know that he's going to play this weekend. Didn't My expectations like can be Josh Dobbs against the Seahawks this week, yep. but I think Kyler Murray is going to be back sooner rather than later. 
Guys, he's available in over 70% of Yahoo leagues, over 80% of ESPN leagues. Like, I did a check this morning. I'm like, wait, what? Now, of course, he's not, he's not available in any league I'm in. But, you know, he's available in, like, other leagues, apparently. And I don't know why you wouldn't go out and grab him and stash him. That seems insane. I mean, he'll be a top 10 quarterback the rest of the way. And the concern was that maybe he would just sit the season. But yeah. he's practicing, so he's not doing that. So he will be back. Uh, and look, we've seen what Josh Dobbs has been able to do in that offense, and Kyler Murray is better than Josh Dobbs. There right. you go. Full take, but I agree with it. <laughs> yeah. Let's look at tonight's injuries for Thursday night football. Mm. Most of them on the Jacksonville side. Trevor Lawrence is questionable with that knee injury. Zay Jones has been ruled out. And then Jamal Williams with the hamstring. He's been on IR. His status is questionable. We think it's leaning on but, the side of him coming back, though, right? Uh, yeah, NFL Network reporting earlier today that the expectation is, is that Williams will be activated off the IR. You see it there from Ian Rappaport, uh, the tweet reading, this will help, hashtag Saints starting running back Jamal Williams. I'm not sure he's really the starting running back, but okay. Uh, uh, still on injured reserve with a hamstring injury, is expected to be activated. Will play tonight versus the Jaguars, sources say. Again, I would... I would venture that Alvin Kamara is the starting running back of yes. the Saints, uh, despite what um, Ian is tweeting there. But uh, he is helpful for – I can't imagine starting him. Like, I, 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 I want to I see it first. Again, again, all due respect to the tweet, Kamara is the starting running back on the New Orleans Saints, and we don't know what the split will be between Jamal Williams and Kendra Miller. Like, do, you know, do, does Jamal Williams go right back to, like, the goal line role and the, the short stuff? I it's it, For me, it's a, hey, that's great, that's cool if he's been dropped in your league because there's a chance that he could have a significant role, but not anyone I want to start tonight unless yeah. I was truly desperate. We'll get to the game later, but like a quiet thing that's going on with the radar, so I don't think anyone watches Saints games because they haven't been in any, any exciting games really, but Alvin Kamara's looked the best he's looked in a while, yeah. and he's getting an insane amount of targets Correct. and also an insane amount of carries. So I don't think Jamal Williams coming back off of injury on a Thursday night changes Kamara's role substantially, so he's clearly the guy that you want in New Orleans. Just quickly, Deshaun Watson. So Amari Cooper says that Deshaun Watson will practice. The line has bumped up to Browns minus three, so it's trending in the direction that he will play. Saints line has right. also bumped so up. So that's the source is Amari Cooper. Well, yeah, <laughs> according, Amari, to, yeah, yeah, according yeah. to Amari Cooper. Yeah. So it's not official, but it's yeah. what everyone has reported. Per uh, Amari Cooper. And then the Saints line also has bumped up to minus two and a half. Uh, I was hanging around one. So I don't think that means a ton for Trevor Lawrence. I think he's going to go regardless. That's more just people think the Saints will win tonight. Uh, but that's just something to monitor too. Yeah, he, Trevor Lawrence apparently, quote, pushing to play. And again, we'll talk about this late. But so we'll see. That's going to be a true game time decision. One last piece of news that came in after you guys did the show yesterday. But Miko Hardman, your Miko Hardman, former Connor, I know you loved it when the Jets signed him. You were pushing the Jets to grab him. That's You're like, this is going to be the move that's put yep. them over the top. Yeah. Rogers, Lazard, whatever. <laughs> the offseason move that made the Jets this season with yeah. Miko Hardman. I know that was a big take of yours all throughout the offseason. Well, he has been uh, traded back to the Chiefs now. Yeah, for quite the haul. Quite the haul. 2025 swap of the seventh and sixth round pick. <laughs> so, McCall Hardman back with the Chiefs. I mean, here's the thing with McCall Hardman. He couldn't beat out an undrafted free agent for his role in Xavier Gibson with the Jets. <laughs> right. Uh, for the Chiefs, this is depth and maybe a part-time special teams player right well, now. I was shot. Here's what I like. Throughout, so, like, I'm going through all my waivers and my leagues. And um, when you're in 17 leagues, what you sort of do is you just sort of set your waivers and you just hope you get whoever. And then at some point when you get a chance to check, who'd I get? 
Like, I'm not one of those guys. I don't have the time to, like, at 4.45 in the morning be like, all right, who's still available? Or I just don't have that time. So, um, so as I'm going through yesterday, checking sort of all the recent activity in my leagues and the transactions, like, a number of people after this move happened picked up me, Cole Hardman, in my leagues. And I'm like, wait, what? Now, I'm in some, I'm in some deeper leagues and some 16-team leagues, but I also saw him picked up in, like, some 12-teamers that I'm in. And I'm like... Okay, I don't get this. Just because I get it, I get it on this level. Like if you just looked at surface numbers, he was wide receiver thirty-two on a points per game basis last year before he got hurt. But that's because he had six touchdowns on only twenty-nine touches, like including two rushing touchdowns. I, again, for his career, he averages thirty-three yards per game. Like he just got inflated by a couple of fluky touchdowns. To your point, he couldn't beat an undrafted rookie. The Chiefs had no problem letting him go in the off season. And maybe this is depth because they lost Justin Watson, but I like Michael Hartman. Good for the Chiefs to get a piece back that knows the system, and yeah, you know can, it costs nothing, and it, you know they can give him some plays and some snaps. But like the idea that there's going to be any sort of consistent fantasy value here is bizarre to me. Yeah, not only has he been beaten out by an undrafted, he's been beaten out by Randall Cobb as right. well like it's not great for me Cole Hartman <laughs> yeah. and maybe maybe he is the type of player where he is more dependent than most player types on having a superstar quarterback who can get him the ball like Patrick Mahomes instead of Zach Wilson but at the same time he's never had 700 receiving yards in a season the touchdowns are fluky and I think this is more relevant from a football perspective than a fantasy perspective yeah. because he's probably going to be a better option than Sky Moore at the moment for Patrick Mahomes but he's not going to provide value again he, he can run those deep routes he's really fast and th- that's what Justin Watson was doing for the Chiefs. So it makes sense to like, hey, we need someone to help stretch the field and open things up for Mahomes. But in terms of for our purposes in fantasy football, he should remain on the waiver wire in all the leagues except the ones I'm in. You guys keep him in those leagues. All right, let's get into love-hate. Oh, we got it's a lot to go day. through. It is love-hate day. That's right. You made, you know it, what ba- I love? You made it back. You know what, what I love? love? What do you love? Being back. You yes. know what I hate? <laughs> Missing yesterday. Oh, so there we go. There well go. done. Love-hate in a nutshell. How about some love-hate running backs here? And we will start with Josh Jacobs against the Bears. Obviously, um, for the Raiders' offense right now, this is a pretty good-looking matchup for last year's NFL leading rusher. It's, a, it's an amazing matchup against the Bears. Chicago allows the fifth-most fantasy points per game to running backs. They've allowed the most receiving yards to running backs. Jacobs leads all running backs with an 18% target share this season. That's why that's important as well. Three straight games with 25 or more touches. He's just a massive uh, workload in a great matchup against the Bears. He's my running back three this week, as you see it there on your screen in the little box, in case you couldn't read. We, we've highlighted it there just to be really helpful. We're really trying to help We're out. We're really trying to help out. So there you go. Josh Jacobs makes the love list significantly high. It'll be interesting to see because Devontae Adams keeps popping off, you know, and feels like squeaky wheel gets the grease, yeah. you know, kind of thing. So I feel like, like a, you know, a, a 10 reception, 220 yard, you know, two touchdown game for Devontae is coming. Yeah. But I still, Jack, Jacobs is going to get his. It's a little weird that he hasn't had more than 3.6 yards per carry in any game this season. He hasn't topped that. But the thing is, one, amazing matchup against Chicago. And then two, he's had 35 targets this season. So, right. Even though he's not been efficient on the ground, supplemented with work through the air. And, yeah, this is as good a matchup as it gets. And with, a, with, a, with either a backup quarterback or a less than 100% Jimmy Garoppolo, they'll want to re- lean on the run game on the road. Josh Jacobs comes in as RB3. Jay, Kenneth Walker right behind him as RB4. And Kenneth Walker and that Seattle offense have Arizona on deck. I mean, Arizona, same thing with Chicago. 
it's a fiesta for running backs against them this year. It is a Olé. fiesta. Yes. Like oh, fiesta. I brought it back. We had a yeah, yeah. one-day interlude without any Spanish <laughs> or French, but good to see that we're back <laughs> on the international bandwagon. Sure. Uh, the key bonjour. thing, yeah, yeah, bonjour. Yeah. Aussi. Yeah. Uh, I think the key thing here is that the Seahawks are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. And so not only is it a favorable matchup, they're going to be in position where they can run the ball. Sneaky thing that's gone under the radar is Seattle's defense has been really good lately. They completely decimated the Giants. They really shut down the Bengals as well. So I think that they're going to be playing with the lead, and Pete Carroll loves to run the ball playing with the lead. So there'll be a lot of volume for Kenneth Walker and a lot of uh, opportunities to hit the home run, which he's quite good at. Uh, Look... It's a great matchup, as you mentioned, right? Arizona allows the third most fantasy points to opposing running backs. They're actually bottom five in the NFL in terms of most rushing yards and rushing touchdowns allowed to running backs. And the the Ken Walker versus Zach Charbonnet running back by committee concerns that were in the preseason aren't there anymore, right? Kenneth Walker is getting the massive amount, the majority of the work for the Seattle Seahawks. He's getting a ton of work, and the reason that's important because every starting running back to face the Cardinals this year has seen 20 or more touches, and they're averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. So Ken Walker, who's been flirting, he's in that area, 17, 18, 19 touches a game, should get at least 20 touches in a favorable game script at home, should have a big game against the Cards. How about DeAndre Swift? He's yeah, got the, how about him? He's got the Dolphins here uh, in a matchup where we're going to see a lot of offense. Obviously on not a NBC. Huge, on NBC. And Peacock. And Peacock. Sunday night. That's games right. in Philadelphia where that morning we will be on Fantasy Football pregame live from an actual Applebee's on Roosevelt Boulevard. And then they will transport you to be on Sunday Night Football. Yes, yes they will. <laughs> I, wonder if they, I wonder if it's just going to be like a normal car or if it's just going to be like an, you know, like, I wonder if it's like a, a big giant apple. You know, like the like the Mets have the bullpen car. car with a big apple, right? Isn't yeah. the, right? well? They also have the actual. You're saying the apple that rises, right? Up. The rises up yeah, out of the, apple, at, a, yeah. at a Shea Stadium, right? Yeah. But like, yeah, I thought they also had a, didn't have a car, or is it? I don't believe they have a car. I, I was was a little say, cart. I, be, Maybe it was I, a Mr. Met. I don't know. Yeah. But anyway, <laughs> just run with it. The fact of the yeah. matter is, is that would be very cool if Applebee's had like a big apple car. Apple car. Yeah. yeah, that they could drive me like from. Like for Batman, but yeah. for, for yes. Matthew Berry. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Uh, yeah. She got the Berry Mobile going. Yeah. I shouldn't go. Yeah. Something I got to call my agents. I got to get on this. Do <laughs> <laughs> agents? Agents. I have agents. Oh, I have a wow. team. Oh, wow. It takes, a, it takes a whole... You have no idea. Uh, yeah, I kind of do. Of, because it's, 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 like, I, it's yeah, like... It's very believable. Well, like, none of them want to deal with me full time. Yes. So it's, it's a committee. This, it's yeah. a committee. It's a true three-headed monster backfield. You know, like you, the you've Philadelphia the backfield. Yes. Exactly. Like the Andre Swift deal. Exactly. Oh, we should get back to Andre Swift. That's yes, a good point. 100%. Um, you are correct. So... Uh, Unlike, unlike my representation, DeAndre Swift can really do it all by himself. He's had five straight games with 17 or more touches in this Eagles backfield. Since week two, he's averaging 18.9 fantasy points per game. You mentioned the target share with Josh Jacobs, Jay. That's also with DeAndre Swift. He's had an 18% target share over the last three weeks. They've started to involve him in the passing game as well. And that's important because the Dolphins allow the second most yards per reception to running backs this season. So Swift who's touching the ball a ton in a high-scoring matchup. He's a top-eight play for me this week, and I'm looking forward to seeing him Sunday night on NBC and Peacock right here in my company, man. Yep. Connor, you watched that game quite closely against the Jets where DeAndre Swift only had 10 carries for 18 yards on the ground. Shocking. Did you think that was more about the Jets' defense or more about the Eagles' offensive line struggling because it is banged up? I, I think it was a little bit of the latter because the Jets, they have a great defense, but you can establish the run a little bit against them, and the Eagles said, we're going to drop back and throw, especially when Lane Johnson went down, which totally changes their run game. So I think it was partially looking at Quentin Williams in that front and saying, 
We're not going to get too crazy this week. I think we could throw on backup corners. No yep. Sars Gardner, no DJ Reed. That plan didn't work out for them. They'll get back to their roots and go to Swift against Miami. Yep. Lane Johnson was estimated to not practice yesterday, but it seems like it's not a high ankle sprain. It's a oh, that's good low news. ankle sprain or low-ish seems to be the word. So he's a chance to play, but it's not going to be a long-term absence either way. A couple others receiving votes. Isaiah Pacheco, Jerome Ford. We talked about the Browns a little earlier. Zach Evans who could finally see some action for the Rams, and Jaleel McLaughlin of the Broncos, Matthew. Yeah, I, I want to focus here on, I mean, you know, Ford we already talked about with uh, Watson either not playing or banged up. He's averaging 15 touches uh, in the three games as a starter. Indy has allowed the third most rushing touchdowns to opposing running backs. Pacheco's averaging 20 touches a game. Charges allow the seventh most fantasy points to running backs. Jaleel McLaughlin, uh, McLaughlin has three straight games with nine or more touches. Packers allow the fourth most fantasy points to opposing running backs. So all those great. But Zach Evans, I think, is really interesting because the expectation is he will lead the backfield for the Rams with Kyron Williams and Ronnie Rivers both not expected to play against a Steelers defense that gives up the fifth most yards per carry to opposing running backs. However, when asked directly on the podium, it's like, hey, basically, Sean McVay, I'm paraphrasing here, but when they asked Sean McVay, they're like, hey, Zach Evans, he's your guy, right? And Sean was like, like well. He threw we, cold he, water on it. I mean, he definitely yeah. did not. Like, he wasn't like, yeah, I really love Zach Evans. He was, you know, more like, well, you know, whatever. Like, we got all, <laughs> well, we got Royce. We got we got Royce. And, you know, it was great to see Hendo back, you he know. He named every running back right? that's ever played for you the know, team. Exactly. Yeah. You know, um, like, I, I've been talking with Eric Dickerson, yes, you know. 100%. Think, Todd you know, Gurley might be back right, there somewhere. Exactly. We're talking, yeah, we're, we didn't check the Sean McVay show, though. <laughs> no, no, that's where you get the good nuggets. Uh, Coach McVay mentioned uh, Miles Gaskin as well. Here's what I would say. Uh, So I ranked him running back 23 this week. So I think he's a flex. Uh, And I do think that if you were – because there's six teams on a bye and we've got other running backs hurt, if you need to start a running back from the Rams, Zach Evans is your guy. I think he's got the best chance to have the opportunity. I personally think he's the most talented of the guys. He's been there, right? Having said that, like I just want to be realistic here – they haven't used him all year. Like, they've, no, they've seen him in practice, and they, they haven't made any kind of effort to get him involved. Now, again, you know, in the land of the blind, the one-eyed man is king, right? I mean, so, like, he's the last man standing, so to speak. But you do have a veteran in Royce Freeman. Daryl Henderson does know the offense. I don't know. I just, I just want to be clear here that I like Zach Evans with an asterisk, if that makes any sense. Right. Like, again, like... Hey, Barry, I need, a, I need a guy that could potentially get 15 touches. That's Zach Evans. But just, just understand the risk that there's also a chance he gets, like, five. Yep. And, look, there is a lot of upside because the Steelers have a bottom five rushing defense. Correct. They have not been good against the run. And the Rams are favored in this game. We'll be expecting to be able to run the ball. But it's just, yeah. The thing with McVay as well is that, like, you can establish baselines for how coaches talk about different things. Yes. Like, Pete Carroll, never trust him on injuries. Correct. Sean McVay... Like, he was talking up Puka Nakur a ton in the preseason and now asking about different players. Like, eh, we got other guys. Right. So, I don't know. McVay is is on the positive scale in terms of being fairly honest and open with the media. Like, he's much more... uh, The other people that you're just like, yeah, I don't believe a word that you say. But he's... McVay is closer to, you know, is is fairly fairly truthful. So, again... Zach will be out there. Uh, it's a great matchup. He's got a great opportunity, and I think if he starts hot, he'll keep the role. But I don't think it's a guarantee that he gets, you know, Kyron Williams' workload here. Yep.
Looking over at the running back hate list, it is headlined by Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss. Listen, we love Jonathan Taylor and Zach Moss on this show, but we do not love any running backs that play the Browns defense, Matthew. Yeah, and I want to be clear here. Like, it's a, six teams are on a bye. Like, I have Jonathan Taylor just inside my top 20. I have Zach Moss as a flex. I can't imagine you have the luxury of benching either one of these guys, given how bad Bimageddon is. I just want to lower expectations here, because to your point about the Browns defense, Connor, look... Six fewest rushing yards allowed per game to running backs. The second highest success rate against run plays this season. Through five games, they've allowed one rushing touchdown to an opposing running back. One. One. You know, and you think about what happened last year with Zach Moss with his season lows in terms of touches and snap rate. It feels like there's going to be a changing of a guard, right? Last week it was true. Two weeks ago, Zach Moss, you know, Jonathan Taylor played 10 snaps. Then last week was a truly even split between Moss and Taylor. And so this week you figure it's probably maybe more closer to 70 to 30, but maybe it's 60-40. So you have two guys in a committee in a brutal matchup. Again, you probably have to start them because I can't imagine you have a better choice, but lower expectations. Look for your upside elsewhere. Side note on this one. I think this might be your last chance to get Miles Garrett at plus 350 to win Defensive Player of the Year on DraftKings. He should be the favorite for this award, in my opinion. It was a weird thing where Micah Parsons, after that one sack against the Chargers, he went from plus 300 to plus 150. And I get it. It was a big moment. No one's going to remember that moment in three months come the end of the season. What Parsons, Garrett, all very close. To me, the tiebreak goes to who's on the best defense. Cleveland have the best defense in the NFL right now. And Garrett's going to have very strong sack. It's going to... People are going to want to reward the Browns' defense for their performance this year, and that's sort of a way to acknowledge the dominance of Cleveland's defense. Yep. Our next one here, Najee Harris. He's got the Rams. He comes in as RB29 for Matthew here, Jay. And when you look at Najee, I mean, he just hasn't been involved in the pass game for the Steelers this year. That's the biggest concern right now. Yeah, my man Najee Harris. uh, Stockholder. Yeah, attached my my once good name to, for better (laughs) or worse. Uh, Look, I think that this offense is just a complete stay away outside of the receivers. They just haven't been able to do anything. There's uncertainty about the split each week between Warren and Najee Harris. And you need the passing work when the offense line is this bad and they can't get anything going on the ground. They're dogs in this game. I don't think they're going to be running the ball a ton. So I agree. Najee Harris probably not a massive player. Out of the 56 qualified running backs in fantasy points per touch this season, Najee Harris is 53rd. Okay, that's I have great. Yeah, that's not great. He's outside my top 25. I, I have lower than Jalen Warren and it's not a good matchup against the Rams who allow the, uh, the sixth fewest fantasy points per game to opposing running backs. By the way, if you do show up to the Applebee's dressed as Jay Croucher, we will also accept a Michael Thomas jersey <laughs> yeah. or a Najee Harris my jersey. Does. Yeah, my exactly. boys. <laughs> that's fair. That's a fair, <laughs> yeah. fair costume. 100%. <laughs> Our yeah. last one here, Alexander or Madison. Or Crocodile Lindy. Yeah. If you dress as Crocodile Lindy. Those are the Kangaroo Jack didn't yeah. make the cake. Or Kangaroo Jack. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> exactly. Kangaroo or Colin Hay from Men at Work. <laughs> yeah, no one's going to tell you that one. <laughs> yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. All right, one more running back, so we'll get through this together. Alexander Madison comes in as a top 20 running back during Bimageddon for you, Matthew, but he's got the Niners, who we talk about in a similar light as the Browns in terms of the run defense impact. Yeah, I mean, they're fantastic. The fifth fewest rushing yards per game to running backs. Only two running backs have scored 12 or more fantasy points against San Francisco this entire year. And in the last two weeks, Alexander Madison has 70 rush yards on 26 carries. Like he's, he's averaging 2.7 yards per carry. He hasn't been good, but volume has gotten there. I don't know that he's going to be able to get that kind of volume against the Niners on Monday night. And I just, again, love-hate is all about expectations. And so because there's six teams on a bye, as you mentioned, he's my running back 18 this week. But uh, 
that's only because of the lack of other options out there. Lower expectations for Madison this week. I mean, he's 18 for 44 against the Bears. I just don't think it's going to happen for Madison this season. Yeah. That's his stat line. Like, when you think Alexander <laughs> Madison, you think 18 for 44. You think 18 44, maybe 14 32. No touchdowns. No touchdowns. Fumble. A catch for four yeah. yards. Yeah. It's, that's how it's yeah, been. One drop, one crucial drop on third down. Oh, man. Been a tough year for Madison. Been a tough year. <laughs> we are eating good in the neighborhood this Sunday one, with the fantasy uh, one, football pregame show. One confused look is uh, somebody standing over sack, is, uh, Kirk Cousins having sacked him. <laughs> and, you know, a coach like pointing at him like that was your blitz to pick up. Oh, man. For the fantasy football pregame show broadcast live from Applebee's in live. Philadelphia. The restaurant at 1942 Roosevelt Boulevard opens at 10.30 a.m. and pregame kicks off at 11. Come on out early in your costumes to start your tailgate party with us this Sunday and ask your sit-start questions ahead of the big Sunday night football matchup between the Dolphins and Eagles. And if you're not in Philly, you can still watch the show live on Peacock and on the NBC Sports YouTube channel. We're going to break when we're back. Love Hate continues with pass catchers and quarterbacks. It's Big Ten Saturday night. Number two ranked Michigan heads to Barry's favorite town to take on Michigan State. It's a battle for the Paul Bunyan Trophy. Saturday on NBC and Peacock. Here comes Saturday night. Bruh, they can't throw with me. I be telling them that I played quarterback in high school. Like, telling them watching my high school highlight tape. Like, they gonna see it accurate. I was warming up for real. Warming up, that's all. But they can't throw with me at all or run with me. That was Jalen Waddle <laughs> on him being not only a better thrower than Raheem Mostert and Tyreek Hill. I'm pretty sure he snuck in a little jab that they can't run with him either. I think Tyreek Hill can. Yeah, I was going to say, I, I don't know about that one, but he yeah. definitely looked like he's the best thrower of them all. Jalen Waddle tops the love list for pass catchers here, guys. And He's got the Eagles secondary that has been vulnerable this year. Waddle, we know what this Dolphins offense can do with all their playmakers, Matthew. Yeah, I mean, what's positive here is we all know about Tyree Kill, but Jalen Waddle, after a little bit of a slow start for him to the season, has a 33% target share over the last two weeks, um, five end zone targets over the stretch, including multiple red zone targets in both games. For you, those of you listening to this show instead of watching it, you missed the, the uh, highlight of his touchdown last week where Tyree Kill was wide open in the flat and <laughs> threw, threw across his body into coverage to get the ball to Waddle. Waddle still came down with it and got the touchdown. But, like, they're making an effort to get the ball to Jalen Waddle, not just Tyreek Hill. And you mentioned the matchup, Connor. Philadelphia has allowed the second most touchdowns to opposing wide receivers this season. Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle should both eat on Sunday night. I have Waddle at wide receiver seven. He's a wide receiver one for me this week. You're already starting him, but this is a particularly good matchup for Jalen. Yeah, and the sneaky thing with the Dolphins is that Tyreek Hill's not playing a ton of snaps. Like, they are using him in bursts. He's, not playing, he's yeah. not playing the Jamar Chase 95% of the snaps right. kind of diet. He's, he only played 25 snaps against the Giants a couple of weeks ago. So they are clearly, I think because he broke down at the end of last season, just the way that he plays and that he's a smaller receiver, I think they want to manage him through the year, and Waddle should be the big beneficiary of that. Because people forget, like, Waddle was injured all preseason. He was injured to start the season. He was brought in slowly, and now it seems like he's full go, fully ramped up, 19 targets and two touchdowns the past two weeks. Another wide receiver in the top 10 of Matthew's rankings this week, Jay, and he's on the love list as well. That's Brandon Ayuk. Listen, potentially no Christian McCaffrey. Caffrey or Debo Samuel, even if we see them, you would imagine a limited capacity. And Ayuk has the talent to carry an offense. Yeah, definitely. I think Brock Purdy will bounce back. The Vikings blitz 
more than anyone else. I think that should play into Ayuk's hands. Even last week, where that was the worst game of Brock Purdy's career, he still went 4 for 76 and had 10 targets, and he left yards on the table as well. Purdy missed him a couple of times. He had a drop too. So I think that Ayuk, I mean, he's a locked-in top 10 wide receiver. I would agree with you. I mean, like, again, the opportunity is there given the health of the surrounding 49ers, but he's had at least 25% target share in every game he's played uh, so far this season. Overall, it comes out to a 30% target share. Top five among wide receivers in yards per target so far this season, so he's getting a lot of targets, and then he's top five in terms of yards per target, which is all exciting. We've talked about uh, the Vikings defense a lot over the season here. Wide receivers that have seen at least seven targets against the Vikings, averaging over 20 fantasy points per game. And so, guy who's really good, getting a lot of targets against a team that when you get a lot of targets against, you score a lot of fantasy points. Bingo, bango, ipso facto. Brandon Ayuk on the love list here. He's my wide receiver 10 this week. I think weirdly as well. Like McCaffrey, I didn't mean to use legal jargon there, but it is. It oh, is, no, the point it, was conveyed. Yes, yeah. exactly. Um, I'm sorry I think, if I was confusing. McCaffrey's clearly the guy who is most resilient to whoever is supporting yeah. Cassis. McCaffrey's always going to eat. Ayuk is the next guy because Debo just kind of is, seems to be marginalized a little bit, and he's the one who recedes into the background a little bit more. Purdy has more of a connection with Ayuk than anyone else on that offense. 100%. We talked about Josh Jacobs being in the love list because he's got the Bears yeah. this week. The same could be said for his teammate in Jacoby Myers, who, when healthy, has been one of the more consistent wide receivers in fantasy, especially in PPR, Matthew. He has, and, and I want to be clear here because I've already, we know Jacobs is going off, and I've already said I think this is a Devontae Adams, like squeaky will gets the grease game where they just they feed, they've got to make a, uh, a way to get 17 the ball. Having said that, we've seen it earlier in the season when Adams has had these huge games. Jacoby Myers continues to be, you know, um, a, a factor here. Four of the five games he's played this season, right? He's had 15 or more fantasy points. The week four game with Aiden O'Connell starting, he had only 5.3 points. So let's watch to see the Garoppolo situation. I do feel like if Jimmy G is out, it'll be Hoyer. I agree. Just because O'Connell just really struggled. Um, but at least a 22% target share in all four of those games. Bears tied with the third most touchdowns allowed to wide receivers. I think this Bears defense is bad enough. Again, this is all contingent on Garoppolo starting. But I think the Bears defense is bad enough that uh, Jacobs... Adams and Jacoby Myers can all have very productive fantasy days. Yeah, I think Chicago probably has the weakest secondary in football. I know statistically the Broncos have that mantle at the moment, but one that was skewed by the 70-20 game. And also like Pat Satan and Justin Simmons, like they should be better. I think the Bears project the rest of the way as the weakest pass defense in the league. And so a top two wide receiver against that secondary is just the start of it. Yeah, I mean, don't forget that even in the game in which they blew out my commanders, right? I mean, Sam Howell was still able to move the ball very effectively through the air against them in comeback mode. And, you know, they fell short. But the fact is, is like, whatever success, the, whatever little success the Bears have had this year, it's been, it, it hasn't been on the defensive side of the ball. Can you imagine, Matthew, if your commanders had just won a six-point favorites at home, they'd be four and two favorites to go five yes. and two against the Giants this yeah. week. It's of unbelievable. No, they'd be a game course. back in the division. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> but, of course... We were on national TV in a game we should win, so if of course Ron they got just, our asses kicked. If Ron had just gone for two against the Eagles, you'd be, you might be 5-1. and one. Yes. Super Bowl. It's yes. unbelievable. Yes. With Sam Howell. You're still rooting for losses? Last week you were rooting for losses. You know, now I, all of a I sudden they pulled you back in. They pulled me back in a little bit. I don't know. I, to be right honest, I don't... Here, all right, I'm just to be honest. I think, cha- I think there needs to be a change in leadership uh, of the team. I never want to call for another man's job, but I just, I don't think, I think 
Ron Rivera has taken the team as far as it can go. And so, um, and I think that, and I don't think this is a Super Bowl team this year. So when you, when you look at it through that lens, I, I don't want the team to be good enough that, I, you know, anyway, I just, I'm hoping for a fresh start next year. You know, I think I, I, the Chicago loss to me was unconscionable. Yeah. I'm let's sorry. Let's yeah. bring in Ben Johnson next year. That's going to be the higher. That's going to be the higher. I like yeah. it. I hadn't yeah. thought Start about that. Start that campaign. Like that. Yeah. Oh, I hadn't thought. Maybe, maybe Ben Johnson, maybe Drake May somehow. <laughs> Quarterback, head coach, new era. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, Look future Hall of Famer. I, we're not going to have a good enough draft pick to get Drake May unless we so. more, more no, you'll future. You'll win too many games. We'll win too many games. Um, but I, I still believe in, in, in Sam Howell. Sure. I, I, I think Sam Howell is a, is a flawed prospect with, you know, but there, with, there's enough tendencies. Like, which was what, by the way, Jared Goff was. I understand Jared Goff went number one overall or whatever, you know, was a number one pick, and Sam Howell was a fifth rounder. But I think both guys possess similar traits in that they are both, they both have big arms. They both have, there are skills there where you're like, that's a guy that can be a starting quarterback in the NFL. And then there's also things where you're just like, you know, sort of scratch your head. And so it appears that they've fixed a lot of that with Jared Goff. And I think the same can be done with Sam Howell, who is, again, he, Improve the offensive line, work with him on his timing, getting the ball out quicker. And that's yeah, that's thing. something. Yeah, no, I agree. Jared Goff, MVP candidate. That's this right. Year. What a world we live in. I'm just saying. Yeah. Just saying. Anyway. Our next one, Dallas Goddard against the Dolphins. We can't say it enough. We expect a lot of offense in this game, Jay. And when you look at Goddard, obviously a really slow start to the season, but the target share has been there since that slow start. Yeah, it has been. Obviously, he went off in that game against the Rams. I think the refrain with Goddard has typically been that this team just runs the ball so much that it's hard to support three pass catches in A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, and Goddard. I think you throw that out the window against Miami. This is going to be a shootout. They're going to have to be throwing the ball, I think. The total is in the low 50s, uh, and I think that Goddard will be able to eat. Dolphins are bottom 10 in terms of receptions and yards allowed to tight ends this season. You can throw against them in that area of the field. And, by the way, both tight ends who saw at least seven targets against Miami this year scored 16 or more fantasy points. Darren Waller? And Hunter Henry, both guys who have been inconsistent this year, but showed up against Miami as well. So since week two, a 21% target share. Dallas Scott is my tight end five this week. Obviously, you want as much of this game as you can get. Yep. A couple others receiving votes out of the pass catchers. Zay Flowers, Terry McLaurin, Drake London, Jackson Smith, and Jigba, as we showed you at the top of the show. Tyler Lockett was on the injury report. That was an S. That was, uh, we'll see where that goes. Throughout the week, Wendell Robinson, Janu Smith, and Luke Musgrave here, Matt. Yeah, you see the ranks on your screen. Obviously, Flowers is a top, Flowers is a top twenty guy, twenty eight percent target share over the last four games. Terry McLaurin of my Commanders. Giants have allowed a touchdown to a wide receiver in five straight. Double digit targets for Terry in two of the last three. Drake London, they're throwing it all of a sudden, and the Bucks allow the seventh most yards per game to wide receivers. He's my wide receiver twenty seven as well. Wandell Robinson is going to be a thing this year. I think it might be this year. Twenty six percent target share last week. Three straight games with five or more receptions. You can obviously throw against my Commanders secondary, which struggles. JSN, I want to bring up as well. I don't know that I'm at wide receiver forty this week, so I. I but I think he's a I think he's a stash if he's still available in your league. He had seventy two percent of the snaps last week. Like we talked about this. Like it's coming, right? I mean, we all believe in the talent. We just need the opportunity there. And it's you're starting to see in the underlying numbers that the opportunity is going to be there for JSN. John Smith and Luke Musgrave, if you're looking for a couple of tight ends outside the top ten. Both of them have good matchups and good good usage. 
We discussed yesterday how low the bar is at tight end right now. These are the guys Super that, low. that still matter if you need to stream. For the hate list, it's topped by George Pickens against the Rams right now, Jay. When you look at this game, obviously the Rams are favored in this one, and it's not that Pickens is the problem. He's had a really nice breakout year. Kenny Pickett in the Steelers' offensive line has been kind of a low-key disaster. Yeah, it's been a loud, loud disaster loud for disaster mine. Too. Yeah, it's been yeah. terrible. Uh, but the other thing, too, is that Deontay Johnson looks like he will come back. Pat Frymuth is going to come back. So all of a sudden, this was Pickens' offense, right. which wasn't a great thing to begin with. But now he's going to be marginalized a bit. I mean, what do you think, Connor, of his role now that Deontay Johnson is likely back? Is his route tree just too simplified to provide a ton of value? Well, I think the good thing is is that Pickett is comfortable just throwing it up to him. And yep. I think another good thing is Pickens' red zone usage shouldn't change at all. He yep. should factor in there. I think it's the in-between the 20s that you start to worry about those touches because Deontay is so polished and gets open so easy and the line can't protect where they got to play quick game to Deontay. So yes, this will matter. Yep. Look, um, it's not a great matchup against the Rams as well. Fourth fewest fantasy points allowed to opposing wide receivers. The only game that Deontay Johnson played this week, which one to your point about his return, 15% target share. We think Kenny Pickett will be better out of the bye, but we don't know. It's been inconsistent so far. It's not like they can lean on the run game because of your boy Najee. So, um, anyway, I have Pickens at wide receiver 31. There's always a chance he gets deep for one. Like, he is is one of those guys that only needs one big play, and he has the talent to make it, but don't have a ton of confidence in, in the offense or his role with Deontay Johnson back until I see it. Our next one here, Jerry Judy against the Packers. And, you know, this one, Matthew, for me, it's not just all about matchup. Judy has not turned into the guy we hoped he would be. He does not have many big games. This isn't a good passing offense. And you hear his name thrown around in trade rumors, but you don't even really get that excited because he hasn't broken out yet. I mean, okay, Steve Smith. Yeah, was, <laughs> I mean, but, wow. but, like, spot the lie. Spot the lie. He's for, Forget touchdowns. He has zero end zone targets this season. Like, Russ isn't even looking for him when they get in close. I mean, again, we talk about this. Targets are earned, and when he's gotten in the end zone, he has not been able to earn a target, not even one target this year. He's been under 55 receiving yards in four out of five games this year. Packers, tough defense. Fifth fewest receiving yards per game allowed to opposing wide receivers. So, yeah, even in a week in which six teams are a bye, Jerry Judy outside my top 30 this week. Our last one here, um, Gabe da- our second to last one here, Gabe Davis. He's our last receiver. He has the Patriots. The thing with Gabe Davis right now, Matthew, and this is often the story with him, is just targets. Stephon Diggs has been the entire offense yeah. every single week. And with Gabe Davis, it's usually the inconsistencies of it. Yeah, it, he is touchdown dependent. He's the definition of a touchdown dependent wide receiver. Now, he had like a stretch there. We've scored in four straight, so it's like you were loving it. But if he doesn't score a touchdown, he's averaging 4.3 fantasy points per game. Uh, when he doesn't score a touchdown. So that's my question is how lucky do you feel? If you think Gabe Davis gets into the end zone this week, you should start him. But if you don't, because he's had four or fewer targets in three of the past four games, to your point about target share here, Connor, then probably should be on your on your bench. Worth noting that in the two games against the Patriots last year, and obviously the Patriots defense is much worse than it was last year, but still, just 54 combined yards in two games against New England last season. He's my wide receiver 41 this year. It's a game in which the Bills are heavily favored. I just don't think they're going to be throwing a ton. And so, again, to your lesson volume, it's just 
it literally is. He's a touchdown-dependent flex. Yep. Just one thing on Gabe Davis and the Bills. There's a lot of alarm bells ringing because they only had two scoring drives against the Giants' defense. I'm kind of throwing that out just because they traveled 16 hours on a plane in the space of a week. They played a 9 a.m. Eastern game in London and then a night game on Sunday against the Giants the week after. I think they were just off-kilter, uh, and I think that they will bounce back. They had a lot of turnovers and stuff. I think we'll see a bounce back from a lot of Bills this week. Fair enough. Jay, our last pass catcher. We talked about him a little bit yesterday and Tyler Higby against the Steelers. And listen, it's a once again a low bar to clear for tight ends right now. But since Cooper Cup has been back, Tyler Higby has been forgotten in these last two games. He has. And Cup is obviously, he's the alpha and omega of that offense. I do think that he will see more work going forward. Now, this isn't a fantastic matchup against the Steelers, but like they just never had the ball against the Eagles and Stafford never had to throw against the Cardinals. So let's see the sample this week of Nakua, Cup, and Higby in a, maybe a more normal kind of game. In the two games since Cooper Cup returned, just six targets to your point about that. Steelers allow the sixth lowest catch rate to opposing tight ends. He's my tight end 18 this week. As we move to the quarterbacks, we cannot talk about Sunday night football enough with the Eagles and the Dolphins, and that's why Tua Tungavailoa, Matthew, leads the love list out of our quarterbacks. It is This over-under is 52. Teams facing the Eagles average 39 pass attempts per game. That's fourth most in the NFL. Tua leads all quarterbacks in yards for pass attempt this season. So getting a lot of pass attempts where he, he has a lot of yards per pass attempt. Bingo, bango, ipso facto. Eagles allow passing touchdowns, by the way, also at the seventh highest rate in the NFL. He's my third QB this week, QB three. Jay, Geno Smith hasn't been the fantasy impact quarterback he was last year, but Arizona this week, they've kind of come back to reality as well, and we think this is a Seattle offense that will get throwing. Yeah, I think so, and I think Geno is playing well. He's just not getting the end product, yes. yeah. and I think that the, I mean, the Cardinals have the third-worst pass defense in the NFL right now. That might be trending down as well. I think that Geno has a much better chance of throwing touchdown passes this week than in weeks previous. Yeah, and they have the third-highest implied team yep. total. We expect, again, they're home favorites in this one. Cardinals allow the fifth-most fantasy points per game to opposing wide receivers. I think Geno gets back on track. He's my QB7. Matthew, both Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel banged up, but Brock Purdy still ranked as a top-10 quarterback against the Vikings this year. Yeah, I mean, with those two guys either less than 100% or not playing, it's going to rest more on the arm of Brock Purdy. He still has Brandon Ayuk. He still has George Kittle. He still gets the Vikings secondary, which is bottom 10 in terms of most fantasy points allowed to quarterbacks. They allow the third-higher passer rating to quarterbacks. And by the way, the Vikings lead the NFL in blitz rate. Why does that matter? Because... Brock Purdy is tied for the fourth most touchdown passes when blitzed. The Vikings like to blitz a lot. Purdy is good against the blitz. I have him as a top 10 fantasy quarterback this week. Yes, for yes, sure, sir. Brian I was going to say for sure, and then yes, sir, and it got all mixed up there. And I don't know. I'll be, I'm confused like the Vikings defense will be when they when – they, when they, you, know you know what this is. Mm. I just realized this. Mm. We're in Brocktober. We are. We're in Brocktober. Which yeah. is what makes the Browns' performance so amazing, that yes. they're able to do that in Brocktober as opposed to September or November. Right. A couple others receiving votes. Jordan Love. <laughs> I apologize, America. <laughs> Sam Howell and Josh Dobbs against that Seattle defense that's getting better. Love makes the love list, and others receiving votes is my QB9. It's the Broncos. They allow passing touchdowns at the highest rate. They're allowing the most yards for pass attempts. They've had two weeks the Packers have to prepare for this game. Hopefully everyone is healthy. Jones is back. Watson's fully healthy. Musgrave off the concussion list. Uh, I like Jordan Love. 
Future Hall of Famer Sam Howell is a top 12 play for me this week. Over the past four weeks, Giants allow passing touchdowns at the sixth highest rate. Their secondary is beat up. I think the Giants will move the ball against the Commanders. So uh, over the last three weeks, over 21 fantasy points per game for Sam Howell. And Josh Dobbs, again, as he's, as he's sort of biding time until Kyler Murray comes back. He's 40 rushing yards in four of the last five games. Seahawks allow the fifth most passing yards per game. They're heavy underdogs, the, the, uh, the Cardinals are. They're going to have to be throwing. Moving over to the hate list, topped by Kirk Cousins against the 49ers. Jay, listen to this. Four of the six quarterbacks to face San Francisco have scored single-digit fantasy points this season. No Justin Jefferson doesn't make you feel any better about this. Yep, top three defense in San Francisco. I think it's a massive red flag as well that Cousins just didn't do anything against the Chicago secondary in the first game without Justin Jefferson. So this is as bad a matchup as it gets, Matthew. Only one team in the NFL allows, I'm sorry, only two teams in the NFL allow fewer fantasy points to quarterbacks than the Niners as well. They actually have twice as many interceptions as touchdown passes. Uh, so, that's, that's, um, that's wild. so yeah, one to two. Kirk, Kirk, even in a week with six teams on a buy, Kirk is outside my top 12. Um, also not crazy about Trevor Lawrence tonight. We're going to talk about the game coming up, but I will just say that whether Trevor Lawrence is active tonight or it's CJ's Bethard, whoever the quarterback of the Jaguars is, you don't want any part against uh, part of the Saints defense here. Yep. Also a short week and they just, you know, recently had two weeks in London as well. Travel, all that kind of stuff does not work well for the Jets. Yeah, Saints are top five pass defense this year. Saints allow the second fewest passer rate, second lowest passer rating to opposing quarterbacks as well. It's either, you know, a limited Trevor Lawrence or C.J. Beathard. Yep. Both scared. No, thank you. No, thank you. All right, no, with that, you. we'll take our last break no when moss. we're back. Thursday night football preview. No we got our best bets. Uh. <laughs> Is that not a phrase? I think so. DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers can bet $5 and get $200 in bonus bets instantly. Download the app and use promo code BERRY when you sign up. DraftKings Sportsbook, the crown is yours. Let's take a look at our Thursday Night Football Most Bet Player Props, courtesy of our friends at DraftKings. Alvin Kamara rushing yards over 52.5. Uh, also, the under is the second most bet, so the public <laughs> wow. really conflicted on where Alvin Kamara's rushing will go. <laughs> Devin Lloyd's tackles and assists over 5.5. Chris Olave receiving yards. The public likes the over. That's at 61.5. Alvin Kamara receiving yards over 29.5. Jay, what are you looking at in this game? Going defense, Connor. I don't understand this line at all. Cam Jordan, one of the best defensive players of his generation, over 0.25 sacks is now plus 145 on DraftKings. And the reason that this is the price is because he only has one sack on the season. I don't care about that. Sacks that you've recorded are not predictive of future sacks. What's more predictive is pressures. And in terms of pressures, Cam Jordan has 26 this season. That's 12th in the NFL, tied with Miles Garrett. Uh, Cam Jordan, off of that, he should have five or six sacks. He's just getting unlucky against the mediocre Jags offensive line. I think he will record at least half a sack tonight. Like Especially, that. by the way, if Trevor Lawrence is either limited yep. or it's C.J. Beathard back there as well. Hey, guys, minus Christian Kirk over 51.5 receiving yards. So whether it's Lawrence or C.J. Beathard under center, the fact of the matter is, is that he's been over this number in four of the past five games. And the one game he didn't, he was like a yard short. So I think he gets there as well, especially when you consider the Saints allow the 10th most yards per game to the slot, which is obviously where Kirk runs the majority of his routes. Nose Jones in this game as well. Saints really good run defense. 
Marshawn Lattimore on the outside. So I think where the Jaguars move the ball is the middle of the field. Give me the over on Christian Kirk, 51.5 receiving yards. I'm looking at Derek, at Derek Carr's under on his passing yards. It's set at 239.5. Listen, it's great. He did this against the Texans and the Titans. He did not do this against the Patriots, Bucks, Packers, and Panthers. And I think when you look at Jacksonville's secondary, quietly very impressive. Very good, yeah. Tyson Campbell, one of the best corners in the NFL. I love their playmaking safeties, especially Andre Sisco. I think this number is a little high. I don't see Derek Carr lighting up that Jacksonville defense. Who covers the line, Connor? Saints minus two. Ooh, I'll take Jacksonville, okay. I think, in that. Like it's, it's just a tricky one because of Lawrence's injury. Yeah, it is. It's, there's a little bit of variance here. But you know what? Give me the Jags to cover. Okay. My Swaguars. All right. I well, like their defense in this game a lot. Yeah. All right. I like the Saints. <laughs> the <laughs> okay. short week, the, all the traveling. Lawrence don't know what he's going to look like. That's fair. A little banged up. I just think that if you told me Lawrence was full go 100% and right. this was on a Sunday, then I would like the Jags. But I just think all these kind of little swirling factors favor New Orleans. I think New Orleans are just a little bit underrated. They really should have beaten the Texans last week, missed a couple field goals, couldn't convert third downs. I think the Saints will be better, and on the short week at home, I think they will cover minus two. I thought you said two and a half. No, Isn't it two and a half? Two. It's no, now down to two? two. Yep. Jay, how about this? Which I wanted that half point. <laughs> you don't I get want, it. <laughs> I wanted that half point. The most two popular bets being Alvin Kamara's rushing yards, of course, the over and the under. Which side are you leaning with? The nation on is conflicted. This is, pretty, this is pretty rare. What I'm surprised about is that the reception prop isn't one just because right. he's been getting so much work. Yep. With Jamal Williams coming back today, it's just, it's, I, w- I think I'd prefer the rushing under just because they're, yep. because again, we think Williams, if they're going to bring Williams back, he'll get some work. I think and rushing under reception's over. Yeah. yeah. He's gotten so many targets, and I don't think that really goes away that much with Williams back. No, I, I certainly don't. Here, here's what I will tell you, though. I think this game is ugly. I think this <laughs> oh, game yeah. is ugly. <laughs> I Thursday think night? Like, no way. Thursday night, and that's all the reason why you got to have fantasy players in it. you got to have some bets. Because you know we're watching, so let's make it interesting at least. Which means, hey, it's closing time. You can't stay here. I don't care if you go home or not. But for Jay or Connor, it's me. We'll see you tomorrow. Good, uh, good luck. God bless. Peace out. <laughs> God bless.